Hello and welcome to another episode of Never On Site. Hi, this is Joseph, and uh, joining me as usual is Mayur. But I'm not at home as usual, so I'm recording from Mumbai uh, on a in a makeshift arrangement. So uh, it's a season break, and it's time for the biggest show in the world. The World Cup is here, and we are also excited to, you know, to get it uh, started. So let's just uh, look back at the results in the past. Game week, and then we'll come back to our World Cup part of the video. So let's go. So let's start with Premier League first of all, host. So the week started very surprisingly with City losing their first game. So I right. saw the game, and it was a bad game for City. Like probably the worst game they have played in the last three four years. I remember. So nothing was going according to their plan. The passing was sloppy. They weren't able to break down Brentford, and everything whatever you thought could go wrong went wrong. So and Pep came out and said after the press conference it was a bad day and we move on and he will now be recollecting everything and will be rethinking about his uh, strategies and everything for the second half of the season. Right. Yes. Uh, moving on to the second game, host Liverpool Southampton. Do you remember anything about it? Uh, surprisingly, I don't. I guess uh, Darwin Nunes scored. I am sure. And uh, yeah, so. Liverpool are in a good run of form right now. After you know um, having a breakdown, they seem to have won a, a lot of matches now, and uh, it's good that at least in the FIFA World Cup break they are going into it um, with some confidence now. And the likes of Salah and Trent and people like that needed it, uh, to be honest. Yeah. And surprisingly, uh, if you compare to the players going to World Cup, City have 16 and Liverpool just have seven. So overall, oh. a good uh, time for Klopp to uh, gather yeah, the team. And, and yes, yes, and yeah, right. yes. So expectedly, uh, they were going to win the game. Everyone expected, and the result they delivered. Moving on to the Spurs game, 4-3, and Spurs are making this a habit of coming back from uh, dead and like scoring in uh, extra times and everything. And they did something similar this week as well. Uh, with It looked like they almost would get out of the top four. But somehow they came back, scored against, yeah. made a interesting match, more interesting by scoring those goals and won 4-3 yeah. eventually. So again, uh, something for Conte to work upon uh, during the break. Uh, the uh, consistency is not there. Uh, they're struggling quite a lot. So interesting to see how, we, uh, how they come back. Speaking about right. consist not being consistent, there is another team who is being very consistent. That is Newcastle Chelsea. Uh, sorry, that that is Newcastle, and they played against Chelsea. So, whose thoughts about this game? A surprising win for you? Not really. I I expected Newcastle to win it actually, judging by how um, Chelsea was struggling the front too, especially Sterling and Aubameyang, and how the defense and attack seems to be very distant between them, and there is no fluidity in between. So I was expecting a Newcastle win, to be honest, especially at their home, and uh, it's exactly what happened. And Newcastle bossed Chelsea a lot in this match, and uh, Chelsea didn't have the answers to someone like uh, you know uh, Wilson, uh, Joy Linton, uh, Almiron, Mugimire. Uh, so. Uh, there are so many, you know, attacking friends for Newcastle, but Chelsea seems to struggle in terms of creating any meaningful, ch meaningful chances as well. And uh, in the Sunday matches, I feel Arsenal are dominating things again, and um, it's good to see them, you know, ending on a high as well. 
um, and uh, the Brighton Aston Villa match. Aston Villa have uh, turned a corner with uh, Unai Emery, I guess, uh, after sacking Gerrard. And the final match was the United versus Fulham match, which uh, ended dramatically with Garnacho scoring in the 93rd minute. And this guy is very good and is a very promising sign for United moving forward, especially him scoring from the left side, running that acceleration that he had is very good. Like So, something to look forward in the future for United. In, in terms of... Like in this tumultuous times, it's something to look forward to. Yes, so definitely good times for United to look forward to. So just to uh, sum up, uh, currently the Premier League table is Arsenal is at the top with five points clear. Second are City at 32. Then third are Newcastle at 30 points. Tottenham just making it uh, by 29 points. So uh, looked like United might have dropped points, but they came back, and so it means they are fifth currently. With 26 points and 6th is Liverpool with 22 points. So, that's the Premier League standing. Now, let's move on to La Liga. So, just to cover La Liga, again, Athletic Club uh, under Valverde looks uh, look to be back on track. Uh, moving on to Osasuna versus Barcelona. Barcelona considered, uh, considered a early red card in the form of Lewandowski. And right. they had to play 60 minutes uh, with just 10 men. So, yeah. So, generally, we have spoken about characters and everything in the past of Barcelona. But this time around, they showed their character. They came back. Xavi made some interesting changes, which eventually led to us scoring and winning it. So, it was a, a very uh, instrumental win and a very uh, big statement from Barcelona that, yes, we are competing in La Liga. Moving on to Sevilla versus Real Sociedad. Sociedad, Sociedad scored two goals and won the game. Uh, Atletico, again, we have uh, seen they are struggling quite a lot. Uh, we have seen they went out of their Champions League group as well, not even in Europa League. Now, in La Liga as well, they are struggling quite a lot. And to end the uh, turn of La Liga, Madrid, uh, who lost their previous game, uh, but yeah, they came back successfully 2-1. Cardiz, who was an uh, easier opponent compared, uh, Real Madrid came in and did their business. So, just to lay, take a look at the La Liga table, Barcelona is currently at the top with 37 points. Real Madrid uh, are two points behind with 35 points. Then the rest of the pack comes with Real Sociedad being third, 26 points. Athletic Club being fourth, 24 points. And Atletico Madrid with uh, 24 points as well. But a bad goal difference making them fifth. So that's it for mm -hmm. La Liga. Let's move on to Bundesliga. Yeah, so Bundesliga, the big story is that Dortmund dropped points. They lost. Uh, to uh, Montblanc, I guess, yeah, and uh, um, also Bayern won 0-2 and Union Berlin uh, lost. So, Bayern will be extending their lead on top of the table uh, going into the international break and uh, yeah, that's it from Bundesliga. Yes. So, just to again sum up their table as well, Bayern clearly at the top with four points different. Uh, at the uh, top. So, second team. So, interestingly, Berlin played against Freiburg, uh, who are currently second. They scored those four goals and came in second. They are at 30 points. Third is RB Leipzig with 28 points. Frankfurt is fourth with 27 points. Union Berlin, same with 27 points, but at fifth. And Dortmund at sixth with 25 points. So, that's it for Bundesliga. Let's move on to League One. So, League One again, 
Leon, as usual, uh, again struggling a bit. They haven't been the best this season. Uh, they have struggled and again they drop points here. PSG, comfortable victory. Messi played, Neymar played, Mbappe played. Everyone before going to their respective national teams, they played. Put up a show, 1-5-0. Uh, they came in and they delivered. Next on is Marseille, who won their game against Monaco, a big derby. They won uh, the game uh, by three goals. So, yeah. So, that's it for uh, League 1. I'll just read out the table for League 1. Again, PSG is at the top. Uh, Lens, 41 points. Yes. That, you're right. Lens is second with 36 points, though the difference is of five points. Uh, then Rene at 31 points. Then Marseille at 30 points, four. And then fifth is Lorient at 28 points. And then every other team, Mo Monaco, Lille, Lyon, uh, those are at 6, 7, 8. So let's move on to Syria A. Yes, host, yeah. Syria A. So most of the top teams have won uh, in the in this round of fixtures. Um, Inter with a 2-3 win over Atlanta. Um, and um, some interesting matches. Juventus, I think, have won seven matches in a row, having had a difficulty starting initially. Um, and now they seem to have, uh, you know, got some momentum leading into the uh, World Cup. And, uh, yeah, so that's the story. And uh, Napoli on top, I'm sure. Yes, right? yes. How's the table so, looking? Yeah. Yes. So, we were saying this is going to be an interesting season. Looks like uh, most of the teams are in. But just to give you a surprising stat, uh, Napoli's lead is by 8 points, which is the highest in the top 5 European league. So, that gives you an indication that how Napoli have been good and dominating in the Serie A. Yeah, so that they is, have uh, they are unbeaten in 13 matches or something like that. Yes. So, that is a great stat and the points do justify it. Second, our Inter AC Milan, sorry. With 33 points, as you mentioned, UA won seven games in a row. They are currently in third. They had a very bad start to the season, but looks like they have turned the tables. They are third with 31 points. Lazio is fourth with 30 points. Then come Inter with 30 points as well. And then Atlanta, Roma uh, with 2027 20, points. Okay. So again, not looking good for Roma, whereas Juventus have turned the table. So that's it for Syria A. Let's move quickly on to our FPL uh, team. Yes, host. So, Hose, yeah. uh, yes, uh, can you take us? Looks like you didn't make any transfers this week. So, yeah, I, I I had two free transfers, but I was busy with uh, World Cup uh, matches and things like that, so I couldn't uh, change my team. And uh, gladly, like I would have taken out someone like uh, um, I'm I'm not sure who I was planning to take out, but um, it was good <laughs> that I didn't individually outscore most of the people. So. So, and I thought I would bring in Marshall for Wilson. Uh, good, I didn't do that. So, overall, I'm happy like, with 52. Yes. 10 more than average. Almost 10 more than average without any hits. Yes. yes. So, uh, just to uh, share, Jose's overall rank currently is 1.3 million. And his overall points are 80, 881. So, that is Jose's current rank. Uh, and he got 52 this week. Uh, let's move. And now it's unlimited wildcard. So I guess we wouldn't be touching our teams until uh, the World Cup is completely or no yeah, point right. because the uh, the prices have been freezed and everything. Right. So no point. Yeah. For me, I made two transfers. Took a minus four first minus uh, first hit of the season. Took in Darwin and Marshall for Tony and uh, Mitrovic. Darwin came in clutch, scored two goals and gave those important points. And was a big differential. Marshall, I guess Marshall played really well, right, Rose? 
he made that yeah, three assists for the he, first he, he had chances uh, he could have buried but uh, um but he he was unlucky on the day and towards the end of the match he was feeling a bit like he is not fully fit uh, yet fully fit. so yes. that it was very evident from that so but definitely was a good worth one that pay off uh, 42 a big red arrow uh my uh, uh, current rank is 50000 i guess uh, let me just check yes my rank is 51000 and my overall points are 963 so that is our 50000 like overall like overall, overall it's 51000 yes. that is great yes and overall uh, overall points are 963 so that's it from us for the half uh, first half of the season in fantasy and as well as uh, in the top five european leagues hopefully you would have liked our coverage till now so let's move on uh, the flavor of the month host uh, and the much awaited world cup so yep. th- this before we start this is just a random uh, prediction from a random person on twitter i just wanted to visu- you all guys to visualize how if certain scenarios happen what happens to certain teams so this is uh, a certain uh, this is a scenario which is made by some random person so uh, he has mentioned in his uh, uh, predicted group standings most of the teams which we agree in group a netherlands in b england c argentina d is a bit uh, he has gone with denmark but i think most of us feel france would be the d winners right was your thoughts yeah. about france uh, they have a solid team any thoughts about them yeah they do have a, a good side and you know the pedigree that they carry right and uh, leading into this the only thing is the curse of being uh, champions coming into another world cup which is the biggest uh, mind game that you have to play uh, more than uh, the um, the game you play on the ground you have this uh, big um, uh, weight on your shoulders as well so that is a big issue but i still see france topping the table there and just to say france the only problem which i see is their midfield i know uh, there is a lot of pedigree chuameni kamavinga but the experience is not there that's the only right. thing uh, which might be important uh, going up against such favorites like argentina brazil who are uh, who have a lot of experience compared to them so that is the only problem group e is a uh, interesting group host as well spain germany in the same uh, group what are your right. thoughts what do you think i think the opening match or something is between spain and germany in that group and that is going to decide uh, the uh, table uh, eventually and uh, uh i guess uh, spain and germany will go through spain first and germany second for me okay okay What so just to yeah just to head, uh, give you a heads up if uh, any one of those uh, who complete like come second in the group e have a comparatively easier round if i might say compared to if you come first so here in the diagram you can see if spain finish first they play against either brazil in the quarter finals and then semi finals if they qualify they play against argentina so both the mm-hmm. favorites currently uh, in the world cup so right. i don't know it if it's right but they uh, would be aiming to finish second because if you finish mm-hmm. second then you go right. to the other side of the table right. where there right. are less where there are less uh, well known teams like qatar uh, maybe qatar or uh, croatia or maybe the secondary teams which you consider general mm-hmm. so if Uh, the, this will be key. Very few big guns, like uh, except for England and uh, England, there is no one there. On the other side, you have Brazil, Argentina, France, like too many good teams to come up against. Yes. So probably that is what this will be an important uh, qualifying group, 
and I hope everyone takes note of it. Group F, Croatia, Belgium. So again, two big teams. Croatia has been looked good. Uh, Belgium in this big tournaments do not play good or as they are expected to play. Generally, they uh, bottle it out uh, and everything. Yeah. So who's this is the last. This is the last uh, chance for the golden generation of Belgium. And uh, coming into uh, this tournament, the likes of Lukaku are not coming in in form. Um, so that is a big concern. And uh, but I expect them to qualify uh, probably second, Croatia first, and Belgium second for me. I feel. And yeah. Yes. Looks like that as of now. But interesting to see how that turns out. Group G, clear favorites, Brazil. Who are, uh, again, uh, nothing to say much about. Group H, uh, again, a very good, good group. Uh, Uruguay, Portugal, South Korea. All three teams not firing on their best. Uh, so, an interesting team. Every team has those kind of match winners who can turn games around. But interesting to see who would stand out on their day. So, again, right. Group H, any predictions, Hose? Any predictions? So, I think Portugal will top uh, and Uruguay will come second. Okay. Similar thinking, uh, mine as well. So, Hose, I wanted to ask you three questions. First of all, who is your winner? Who do you expect to be uh, the winner of this one? On, on paper, I think uh, Brazil has the best team. Um, yeah, so I expect Brazil to win. But the only issue is they come into this. Uh, like, if you reach the <laughs> final, you'll have to face uh, Portugal... Spain, Argentina, so so that is huge. Like three huge matches you have to win to just to reach the finals, which is a bit tough. But if you see the other side, someone like in England has a very easy task to get into the finals. So that is also something which we should consider in this World Cup rather than just the teams. But I feel that Brazil have, you know, the pedigree, the uh, the team, the depth. <laughs> to uh, win this and they are clearly my favourites to win the World Cup. Yes. No wonder under Tite, they have got the best out of Neymar. All those key players, they have looked like a team. It doesn't look like there is any ego clash or any kind of thing like that. Everyone looks very involved and they are happy to play each other. So, it's very good to see. Again, on paper, Brazil is the favourite but I still think this is the World Cup where Messi finally wins it. So, yeah. probably... Yeah. It will be interesting to uh, uh, say, uh, see that as well because, again, both the favourites, Brazil and Argentina, for me, have a very tough run of fixture, as you said, host mentioned. And apart from that, any of the European teams you think can challenge it? Maybe a France or England, Spain, someone? I wouldn't be surprised because England is not going into this World Cup with that hype that they had last time. And uh, so... You never know. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if England reaches the final, and it's just it's a, it's just a single match, and we know that England has the quality, uh, like players. We see it week in and week out in the Premier League. So it wouldn't surprise me if they win the World Cup in that way. Or else, for me, France is the next uh, European side that I would pick. For me, I don't know. For some reason, I feel Spain is very good. But again, if they finish at the top of that group, it will be very difficult for them. So, yeah. Uh, again, the second question was, who are your dark horses for this World Cup? For me, uh, I'm sure most of the people wouldn't realize it. For me, I feel Netherlands have a outside chance um, of winning this World Cup. Um, they have Van Dijk, De Jong, 
um, um, the likes of Depay, um, Capco up front. So they are probably the dark horses. They alongside Belgium, who have always been the dark horses throughout their entire uh, like life cycle in the World Cup. I guess they have always been. These two sides have always been uh, very you know unfortunate. in situations netherlands especially at someone like a south african in terms of cricket like they reach the final but they can't win it so that so those two teams are probably my dark horses yes for me uh, if uh, let's concentrate on group d if by any chance denmark top the group then denmark are my dark horses uh, i've seen that team perform in euros i have seen that team recently playing really well so I don't know. There is a itchy feeling about them. Denmark might just if they finish top of their group, it just might be their, uh, their World Cup like just to go in deep as possible. And yeah, as was mentioned, Netherlands is nevertheless uh, considering the team. And last time they didn't qualify in the 2018 World Cup and everything, so it's looking good. And the final question was, who do you think will be the Golden Boot winner? This is a very tough question, considering the uh, amount of talent we have up front, the likes of Karim Bai, Mbappe. Uh, you know, I'm uh, really looking forward to see how they will share the goals. Will Mbappe show his ego, or uh, will um, Karim uh, Benzema show his magic like he has done in the last two years? So it's a tough call. Um, uh, Harry Kane there as well. the likes of the big guns of messi um, and ronaldo being there as well lewandowski being there as well so very big names uh, when we forgot to mention neymar who seems to be in the form of his life and uh, so for me it's very tough it's very tough call but i would go for mbappe good shot good shout So Mbappe plays in Group D again. Tunisia, Australia. So uh, in the recent years, what we have seen is generally a player who scores early goals, like uh, in those group games. Even if he scores around four to five goals, generally he goes on to win that game. So again, right. as you said, France has a good shout. If they outscore Tunisia, Australia, uh, it will be a good uh, uh, start to him with them. Uh, and Mbappe would be definitely looking at it. For me, I just think Kane again. If England win the Group B, it's a very easy route for them. Kane is their main man. He has been in form this season, uh, scoring a lot for Tottenham as well. So again, my pick is uh, Kane for the Golden Boot winner. Uh, yeah. Apart from that, as you said, it's a very tough call, and I think the goals will be distributed because most of the top teams have multiple goal scorers. You uh, can't say he is the main goal scorer. Right. So, right. the uh, focus has been shifted so yeah so that uh, that's it for our uh, fifa world cup in our podcast like we'll be doing weekly podcast as usual but uh, we also do daily uh, instagram reels and youtube shorts on whatever things are happening currently we are doing our series 40 seconds to know your team where we take one team from each group and we are posting a daily reel so yeah, head over on to our uh, social medias Like on our YouTube uh, here and Instagram, where you can fo- uh, follow those yeah. videos. Also, and get to also know. just to add one more thing, uh, Mayur picked this from a random Twitter handle. 
which eventually he wanted to see because he wanted his god messi to win the world cup and he told me he took it from a random twitter page i think he only found this out and he only made this graphics <laughs> so everyone enjoy the world cup we'll be around we'll be viewing matches like uh, uh, teams and you can catch all the action in jio cinema and sports ap if you stay in india yeah right yes yes so that's uh, it for this uh, uh, world cup videos world cup edition now just to quickly end our podcast today with the final thing that is the ronaldo thing which has uh, come out in the past week where we saw he gone right. on to piers morgan gave a interview about one hour one and a the half the atom bomb which was dropped on um, the old trafford stadium <laughs> so yes so definitely who's you being a united fan we know you don't uh, love ronaldo the most but yeah what are your thoughts about it and what do you think will happen now um i feel that he cannot play for united just like uh, how gary neville was saying that uh, it doesn't make sense for the player to play for the club you either go against your teammates or you go against your manager or you go against your um, uh, against the team owners you can't go against everyone in the club i i still agree on some points that ronaldo said uh, regarding how united is handled how there is a lack of um, you know an identity a lack of uh, you know facility um, something looking yeah looking forward to the future united have not done anything in the past 13 years or 12 years so that is something which he said is true but this is not a stage to say that uh, especially when you are under contract and when you are such a big figure when you are being looked up to by a generation of um, um, uh, people um, so it's it's really sad to see uh, someone like uh, uh, an idol stoop so low he came a legend and is leaving a clown i feel um especially when you can't you know produce uh, on the ground on the field if you can't produce and then you come out and say these sort of things no one is going to justify you i'm sure before this interview a lot of united fans used to support him and how it has turned after um, after this interview everyone has you know turned against him uh, except the hardcore ronaldo fans who probably don't watch that many united matches so anyone with enough eyes and good uh, footballing uh, you know vision can understand why eric tanner refused to play him after the preseason that he had or he didn't have so so it's a no brainer for me he has to go and it's very surprising after starting four games in a row and being named the captain you come out and release this so very disappointed for me and um, he has stooped so low for me Yes, so as you mentioned, uh, most of the fans turned around. So Jamie Carragher made an interesting tweet. Ninety-nine percent of the fans would be against this, while there will be one percent, and that one percent includes uh-huh. Ryan Giggs, Roy Keane, and Patrick Sevra. Yes, it was a funny tweet. You can watch the video where they went on, and uh, Ryan Giggs was still supporting uh, him. So yeah, everyone has their uh, thoughts and uh, opinions. So yeah, uh, we don't want to. Uh, they they to... don't want to be cut off by Ronaldo. Maybe okay. they are getting some funding that <laughs> probably. 
but yeah uh, just to again update you uh, today as we are recording this podcast we have heard rumors uh, and even fabrizio confirmed it uh, that united has taken its first step towards uh, like uh, uh, terminating the contract yeah terminating terminating the contract and everything so yeah in the upcoming days we'll hear more about it and i guess when we return there will be a, 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 like three four days before the start of the january transfer window so uh, any thoughts was where he might go it's the burning question everywhere around what do you think where can he go um see for me if he performs well in the world cup he still has a chance to land a decent club but after all the tantrums if he can't play or like he has been struggling with portugal as well so if he can't do well then i'm afraid he'll have to you know uh, uh, you won't get a champions league side for sure you no one would take a risk against someone who is revolting around uh, against a club like united um so i read i don't think that anyone would want him uh, but if he has a if he has a good world cup i see some clubs going for him so uh, just one thing rem- like i can remember is how juventus came in for him and did the whole marketing thing around him got their money and then they let him move on so i think right. similar kind of a uh, club might come in i thought chelsea would be a destination but again with potter being there it's very tough yeah. uh, for yeah. a nine like ronaldo so again they don't they don't want to play to have one more aging uh, striker there in chelsea but for some reason chelsea like their aging striker <laughs> so you right. never know Uh, but yeah again no predictions as of now but looks like it will be difficult if he doesn't perform to get in a premier league or maybe a top 5 european league but right. again uh, there are rumors he might not be able to play in mls with all his uh, past things so not yeah. sure whether he moves on to the asian teams or wherever he can go so yes uh, that's it for this video uh, and podcast so follow us on all our social media handles as i uh, mentioned earlier we do regular uh, reels and shorts on youtube and instagram so you can follow us over there all the links are in description box below yes that's it for this podcast we'll see you soon next week with all the world cup action that's it all right bye, bye. take care